And we are so thrilled that you have decided to join us here on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network in partnership with Be Heard. Make sure you check out the rest of the podcast here on the HoopBall Podcast Network as well as over there on Be Heard. I am Damian Barling along with Joe Adge. Again, we are so thrilled uh, that you are here with us and we have a slightly more upbeat show uh, than we did last week where we were covering more uh, firings, terminations, all sorts of different things going on uh, within the Kings uh, front office, particularly some stuff in Stockton. Uh, but today we get to talk about uh, a hiring. Um, Alvin Gentry today made it official. Uh, Alvin Gentry joins Luke Walton's staff here in Sacramento. Joe, of course, that's the um, vacancy left by Igor Kokoskov, who went to Fenerbahce, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, but he wrapped up his time here as the Sacramento Kings were in the bubble. And not a bad replacement, if you ask me. I've always been a really big fan of Alvin Gentry. I know the he's a he's a really weird coach in the sense that he's, he's not a weird coach. He's, it's weird when you look at his record. He's coached like we were talking about this on D'Lo and KC today on ESPN 1320. And, you know, I'm going to mention that every show to try to get people to come listen to the show. But when, you know, he's coached like 17 years and he's been to the playoffs three times. Yes. But when you look at the organizations who he's been with too, like where it's he'll be an assistant there and then he'll get up. And so it's, it's usually he's taking on a team that's not already great yeah. and there's high expectations. Um, but when you, besides Phoenix, I will say, and then what he did during the Anthony Davis, you know, had they not lost to Marcus too with Anthony Davis, yeah. they were rolling. That yeah. offense was rolling. Um, but when you look at who his like mentors and who he, his coaching staff tree mm -hmm. i mean pop larry brown collins mike d'antoni like i mean to be doc i mean yeah you cur like he has been under any coach you would want a guy to be under i mean and and he's been successful as an assistant coach i mean there's a reason why he keeps being an assistant getting hired back to being an assistant getting hired again he's lasted 35 years in the league i mean which is extremely hard to do no matter what your position is right um but like he he has said publicly that you're not going to be a great coach unless you have great relationships and he has been able to hold on and keep those relationships and whether it be he's an associate to focus just on offense, a head coach, you know, to try to turn something around. Um, people obviously see that in him. I mean, it's Larry Brown. He worked with them in Kansas and he was one of the first hires he brought over when he was with the Spurs. Um, he was with um, Steve Kerr and in Phoenix when Kerr was an executive there. And then Kerr went and got the Golden State job. Who did he hire to be his associate? his head associate coach, which he is now um, Gentry. Like, I mean, to me, it's, he's kept these, these um, like he says, relationships with very well-respected guys. Um, and it's been able to, you know, allow him to, to stay around. And it's very rare that you actually hear players uh, not talk favorably 
or oh, anything. it's not rare. It's never. I mean, I mean, like, it's like no it's, one's no one loves yeah. the guy. No so, one has a bad thing to uh, say about Alvin Gentry. So yes, like his his record is weird like that, but everybody loves the guy, um, and, and he has stayed around. So it it is kind of a weird. It, yeah, there's so the the, uh, the things worth pointing out in, in looking at his time in New Orleans. He in 2017-18, uh, he was 48 and 34. In the other four years that he was there, he never won more than 34 games. It, I mean, it's it's just it's 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 remarkable. Again, it's why we're talking about like he's such a unique and- he's such a unique character. He had five seasons in Phoenix. He had a winning record once. He was 54 and 28. Yeah. Every other and time I, he was below 500. I think had Zion been healthy, I don't think that would have been the case this year either. And, Ag- and I don't necessarily think he would have been fired either. So it's kind of, that's another one where it's like, eh, I don't that's, know. That's a, that's one. I, I, it's I <laughs> managing expectations. Like what, what, I wonder what Alvin, not Alvin Gentry's. I wonder what David Griffin's expectations were because Griff got the job. And he extended Alvin a year and it, which was an awesome gesture, but in reality, it was just a gesture. It was like, I'm not going to ask you to coach a lame duck year. Uh, We're going to evaluate like, you know, and, and, and kind of go from there. And I had always felt once Griff got the job and it's fascinating that he hasn't hired anybody. It's fascinating that all of these jobs except Philadelphia are still open. Like I find that incredible. These jobs have been open for a really long time. And I know that the draft is a way, I know that the season, the season isn't even in sight. Like no one even knows when that's going to start. But still, it's Indiana, Houston, New Orleans. They're all just taking their sweet time. And you know, you could look at it like, well, Ty. You know, Ty Lue's been out of the playoffs. Like, is Jason Kidd a legit candidate? Like, I mean, how many? I, I don't imagine there are very many coaches or someone on the Heat. I mean, I yeah, don't, I don't know. I mean, for the amount of vacancies that are left, I thought once Doc went to Philly, that was the domino. domino. I mean, then it, Indiana's higher. I mean, is interviewing like everybody. I thought that uh, was D'Antoni's job. Like, I thought yeah. D'Antoni was going to wind up in Indiana. I know. I mean, and is and anybody I, interviewing I, Nate McMillan, by the way? Not that you've heard. Yeah, right. And he, I, he's, he's another guy. Like he's got a way better win percentage than Alvin Gentry does. But he's a different type of coach. And you mentioned a great thing a minute ago, in that he's really skilled with the offense. And in basketball, they don't necessarily have these titles. But I always use the example of Tom Thibodeau. Thibodeau, he was Doc Rivers' defensive coordinator in Boston in two thousand eight. And that defense was thought so highly of, and that Boston team was thought so highly of, and Thibs was thought so highly of. Yep. He he didn't have to take the first job that came at him. He turned down jobs. He turned down interviews until that Chicago position came available. He was like, this is the perfect team for me. And a Derrick Rose injury away, it probably was a potential championship team for him. But he was perfect for that. Alvin Gentry and, and Steve Kerr working together for the, you know, the Golden State Warriors. Alvin Gentry has always been a great offensive mind. Yeah. And I think to me, that's why Philadelphia was looking at him as well as is to for on the offensive side. But another piece that he has said too, where um, yes, he's had that background with Doc. But one thing um, I thought was interesting is when 
people talk about the Sixers and they talk about trying to figure out all the different players, getting them to mesh, knowing how to work with each one. Um, an interesting thing that Gentry has said is that um, he said he pretty much thinks every coach will say that they wish they paid attention to their more attention to their psychology 101 class when they were in college mm-hmm. um, because you need to know how to relate uh, to each individual player, whether it be emotionally, you know, what's going on. And um, that knowing how to make adjustments, knowing how to coach um, your coaching style for certain players. And he has said that I thought this was pretty funny that it's BS when somebody says everybody should be coached the same way. Cause he said, that's just not realistic, let alone um, in the NBA. And you have to know how to um, mold those kind of attitudes uh, and realize the differences in, in every player, whether it's um, what player needs to be handheld, when to be positive, when to yell hard at somebody. Cause that's how they best, um, you know, that you get the most out of them if, yeah. if you're screaming or yelling. Right. Right. Um, and that you need to stand everybody up in front of everybody at the beginning of the year and say, this is what your role is. This is what we're expecting in you. Now you can't, there's no cop out on, well, yeah. I didn't know my role. You told this guy one thing and this told other, but being hearing those kind of things, I can see Sacramento and Philadelphia honestly needing that kind mm-hmm. of, that kind of presence around um, because, you know, you hear the issues in the, in the Sixers with, you know, trying to between Embiid and Harris and Simmons and, yeah. Simmons and trying to figure out how to work. And then here between Buddy and Barnes, Bogey, like how to mesh Luke. all of these Fox, all of these yeah. attitudes here. Um, and who thinks they're entitled to what and things like that. And so if you can have a guy on your staff like that, that literally focuses and thinks that's, that's a huge piece of what he can bring. That's very enticing. So the weird thing about that is, you know, we, we see associate head coach or lead assistant coach or however, you know, whatever particular news media outlet frames it a certain way. It's all kind of the same thing as first lead assistant. And you know, what you just talked about, like a real, the importance of saying stuff in front of a group, you know, having the entire team, you know, out there and saying, this is what I expect of you. This is what I expect of you. It, it, it's, it doesn't just eliminate the cop out. It also holds everybody accountable, not just by the coaches, but now your teammates are holding you accountable because they know what your job is. And, you know, it's, (laughs) It's, it's fascinating to think that the Sacramento Kings team could even remotely have like an ego issue. I don't think that they do, but I, I, I really, I genuinely don't think that they do. And I don't think that Buddy so much has an ego issue. I think he gets in his feelings a little bit and we'll get in, into that conversation in a moment. But I think the dynamic with Alvin Gentry and Luke Walton is important from an optics standpoint. And, you know, we've, I, I joked and I promise you it was just a joke when I said, okay, Alvin Gentry's here. He'll be the next head coach of the Sacramento Kings and, you know, whatever the middle of next year winds up being. But in reality, what I actually think, because Alvin Gentry and Luke Walton do have a relationship that goes back to their time at Golden State and just because of what I think the type of person that Alvin Gentry is, I think he's here to solidify Luke Walton as a head coach. Like, I don't think he's even... 
remotely looking at this head coaching job. I don't think he's even remotely considering if Luke Walton gets fired. I think he is here, and this may just be me thinking too highly of Alvin, me being naive. I think he's here to help solidify and ground Luke Walton here in Sacramento and allow him to be a successful coach. I 100% agree. And and as much as we want to say and hear that this place has, you know, money issues, I don't think they bring on a guy like Gentry, give him three years the same as Luke is, if if they don't right. if they don't envision that yeah. as well. Because okay, you get rid of one and then you're still paying Gentry for three more years. Like you're in the same kind of like Or you're making the next coach take him, which is creating another you know, it's yeah. it's it, it, although um, I can't imagine a coach in the league and, wouldn't want Alvin Gentry on right. their roster. And everything we know about Gentry is that's not how he is. And we've seen him hello, turn down a position here before because he knew exactly that that was going to happen to Malone and he mm-hmm. wanted no part of it. And where did he end up going? The Warriors and winning a championship. I mean, yeah. it was an easy, you know, choice over there, but they very much pursued him first and, and, and tried to do it. But it was like, eh, this is, this is shady. This well, is, you know, as we just, and I think it's perfectly that obviously different here. I, I don't see him all of a sudden changing his tune when there's other opportunities out there for him. Well, and I think that that that's worth pointing out what you just said right there, because we got some clarity from Jason Jones today uh, over on ESPN 1320 when he joined us that the it was basically a handshake agreement yeah. between, you know, Luke and, and, and the Kings with with Alvin Gentry. By the time that Doc Rivers, you know, was let go in in in. Los Angeles, he wasn't employed very long. He was, you know, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers a couple of days ago and while, or a couple of days later. And while nothing was finalized uh, between Alvin Gentry and the Sacramento Kings, Doc called and was like, hey, we'd love to have you here in Philly. And that kind of got the reports like, oh, it's Philadelphia or Sacramento. When in actuality, Alvin had already agreed to Sacramento and he didn't back out of the deal, despite the fact that there were no contracts signed, despite the fact that nothing like that was made official. The release from the Kings just came out today. And so that again speaks to his character. You have the opportunity to go to Philadelphia is still, it, it, you know, it was with Brett Brown last year and it's going to be with doc rivers this year. Expectations, the theme of today's show, it hasn't changed. They need to get to the NBA finals. Like, that's what you bring in Doc Rivers for. Like, they need to get to the NBA Finals, and Alvin Gentry had the chance to join, you know, a team that is going to be battling it out in the Eastern Conference for years to come. Doc signed up for the next five years. Doc isn't a guy that you fire after a year or two, regardless of what happens to Elton Brand, and I don't imagine he's going to be around super long if things don't go well for Philadelphia. But again, it just speaks to the character of Alvin Gentry. But to go to 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 go back when we were talking about his character and what he's here for, to use your example of, you know what Alvin is really good at in terms of relating to players. He almost has to do that. Like I don't, I subtly is not the right word, like cautiously because you don't want to get into a situation. It appears at the very minimum, Jill, there are some players or maybe a more properly way of expressing it is there. There's at least a player who doesn't have the best relationship with, with Luke Walton. So if you're Alvin Gentry and Luke Walton, what you don't want is for players to go to Alvin like he's the head coach. Right. You know what I mean? 
you, you, you like, like all of those things that you said about Alvin Gentry are very true. And he has that, that great dynamic, but you don't want Luke Walton to be bypassed in the process. And what's interesting to me is when Luke was kind of first hired, it was right. He's the buddy, buddy guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and in one of the interviews that I listened to where they were talking to Gentry, he said, what's the, one of the main things you learn from, you know, pop Brown, Mike, all that stuff. And he said, not to be buddy, buddy, like you can be that, but just have a mutual respect, show yeah. the guy that you're interested in him and his life, that there's more there, but you don't have to be best friends. Like just create, create the mutual respect as a coach, as a player, you know, and I, yeah. Well, think about like, I mean, and you, you did a great job of, of, you know, mentioning the different coaches that he's been around. And think about Greg Popovich and, and the way players talk about him and the, the relationship that, you know, you, you would find a, a player who's around regularly, like four or five years or whatever, but isn't Tony Parker or isn't Tim Duncan or isn't Manu Ginobili. They have the same relationship that Tim, Dark, Tim, Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, he, they, they all have the same relationship because Pop treats them the same way. And I'm not talking about he reacts to them in the same way like you were just talking about right. where some guys you got to put your arm around and say hey here's how you get this done some guys you got to say hey stop being an effing dummy and get it done this way <laughs> right. I, but what i mean is his interest in them like you just said yeah. and not just that and we saw this at games because it, it would make highlights in the latter part of the the spurs dynasty pop will get on your ass like That's he'll like get it. Are the same for everybody. Right? Every, every yeah. single person, whether it's Parker, Duncan, Ginobili, whether it's a hall of famer or the six man, well, I guess, I guess Manu Ginobili is the six man, but, or whether it's, you know, player 10 expectations were always the same. And pops reaction was always the same. If those expectations yeah. weren't met. I think how you can emotionally coach to somebody, like we said, can be completely different, but your expectations for everybody there is there. There's a standard and, and you have to meet it. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. Um, and what I thought too, is, uh, how, you know, Monty has talked about a lot of, um, he believes in everybody kind of having that voice where he likes working with the coaching staff and being open. And, um, one thing Gentry has said too, and this is when Luke was there is it's the year that they, they won the finals their biggest change during the season came from their video coordinator slash random assistant to Steve. So he went up to Steve and said, why aren't we starting Andre? He's one of our top five players. Why, why aren't we starting him? And Steve was like, Oh, well, I, you make a good point there. From then on, they changed the lineup. They started him. He ended up winning. NBA finals MVP mm -hmm. that video coordinator is now the director of basketball operations with the Warriors. I mean, it's they Walton and Gentry both come from a place where they are supposedly open to voices, whether it be yeah. assistants, GMs, like that they like talking, having that communication. So in that sense, Gentry seems to fill in, you know, with that kind of attitude that you're hearing from, money and you know wanting everyone and being open to ideas from a video coordinator you know what i mean like yeah. that it's 
he saw Steve be like, Hey. And so he was like, you, you gotta have that. You can't be afraid of the criticism or someone bringing up, you know, an idea. Think about it, weigh the options, see how it works out. If it doesn't work out. Okay. But know, know when to try things and not when to try things, but being open to, to voices and, and inputs and things like that. And you have to wonder too, if the buddy move, if something like that, did it come from Walton or maybe did it come from somebody on his, you know, his current staff already? Mm. Um, did it come from Igor? Like, I don't know, but it's, it's an interesting kind of, and you know, and that besides adding Bayes and Len, you know, in those trades, moving buddy to the bench did seem to have, have an impact um, you know, that, that it worked. So you see that these guys are somewhat open to, you know, thinking outside the box and things like that. And so again, Gentry kind of seems to fit into that kind of attitude that we're seeing from new management. So, and that's, you know, you go back to Monty McNair's press conference. And I feel like that's going to be the only time we hear from Monty McNair for like the next <laughs> For like the next year. So we're going to just have to reference this press conference forever, but winning habits, we've got to establish, you know, winning habits. And while Alvin Gentry hasn't been a, you know, a lights out head coach in the NBA, he's been a winner as a head coach and he's been a winner around the league and he's been a winner as assistant. You've already referenced the, the title that he won with, with golden state. You've already referenced that he's been with Greg Popovich and, uh, you know, Mike D'Antoni has had a certain, you know, level of success, but yeah, it, it's, and, and, it's important yeah. for s- establishing those habits with an organization that hasn't won in, in a very long time. And for, you know, why people don't like to acknowledge this for the better part of the 35, six year history of this organization, they haven't won. Right. And if you're looking from Luke's perspective, um, you know, that they're saying that this was his, his guy, which you can understand is they have history with each other. And it worked out well when they were together, that if you want to keep this job and, and you want to be here, I, I don't believe the, oh, why would you want to hire a, a 30 year guy? Who's, you know, who's going to be better and replace you? No, you go get the guy that there's not going to be a learning curve who has worked with Buddy and Barnes. If those guys are going to be on the roster, they're familiar with it. He's very offensive oriented, which is, you know, what was we, a lot of us think is where besides defense and everything else, but the offense regressed. Um, To me, you go get a guy that you're familiar with that has all that knowledge that's been around. He's a young coach. I I would want to absorb that. I wouldn't be scared that, of, of putting someone like that as, as my go-to guy, I, you, you can't, you can't, you can't coach scared in that, in that sense. Yeah. Is my timeline wrong? Was uh, Alvin, Alvin was gone when Luke Walton was the coach with Steve Kerr out for the back injury. Was that Alvin was the still there? Year. Like, he was I, only there the one year. Right. And so Alvin was in Philadelphia. I mean, in um New he Orleans just, already. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cause I remember, I remember, uh, cause I think it would have been Alvin. Cause he was the, uh, he was right. his job. Right. Now. I, yes. I remember Steve Kerr hugging Alvin Gentry with the champagne flowing and saying, you know, we're going to see, we're going to see you next year. And you know, I think, I don't know if he had already gotten the Pelicans job at the time or if they just knew he was, he was going to be gone. But, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, um, 
I'm a, I'm a big fan of Alvin Gentry. I'm, I'm thrilled he's here in Sacramento, and I'm thrilled that uh, my bookie has made it easy for you. Uh, their terms are easy. You bet, you win, they pay. It's that easy. Uh, the NFL season is going on right now. Major League Baseball playoffs are going on right now. I think there's one NBA game left this season, depending on when you're listening to this, of course, assuming that you're listening to this before Friday. Jill, do you think another NBA game gets played after Friday? Oh, I don't know. I hope won't so. even take a stand. You'd be, so. you'd be a terrible hot take radio show host. <laughs> won't even take a stand with my bookie. It's easy. You bet you win. They pay. Use the promo code hoopball. They'll match your deposit up to a hundred percent. Again, use the promo code hoopball. And I can't stress this enough. You bet you win. They pay over at my bookie. Yeah. So As let's get fan, in. I'm hoping so, but you know, with, the, with the injuries, I just, I don't know. I can't lie. I'm kind of ready for it to be over. But uh, it's just, yeah. It was kind of like summer camp at first. It was really exciting. Not that I've ever, I've never once been to a summer camp, but I'm trying to use a, a lame cliche. It was really exciting at first, but then all of a sudden it was kind of like, all right, some of the, some of, some of the stuff, like with some of the series went on too long. Now you've got all these injuries and LeBron is, I actually just want the guys to be able to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I like I feel for yeah. them as human beings. It's like God, like I was so happy that the WNBA made it through because I really did not think they were going to make it through their season. Uh, they did not have. I know you know they. It, it, I don't remember who coined the term wobble. I know it was a player there on that first day, but I remember the images coming out of the first day, and it was like, oh gosh, this is this is going to be tough. And I have you know friends down there who was like, it's not. It's NBA run, but it's not that. Like there are, this, it didn't have the same type of thing. So I was so, I was so happy for Seattle and and, and Las Vegas and the entire league to get through that season uh, last night. Yeah, I'm just jealous that that Denver got a leg up on everybody and Ernie and grabbed Sue Bird in 2018 as yeah. part of their front office. If yeah. I was any other team, I'd I'd be trying to. Is that what get she's her on a bench or? Yeah, she's like a front office associate. Okay, I thought she was like a scout or something, but I could be. So, yeah, Connolly grabbed her and was like, whatever you want to learn, mm-hmm. like, we will work with you. I mean, oh. come. And she and she was saying that she never thought that she she had no idea she'd have that kind of opportunity, um, let alone while she, after she played, let alone while she's still playing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's still around what she's doing. Um, but if you can get that kind of her on your bench or in your office, I would be, I'd be all over that. Yeah. Birdie is birdie is special for sure. Um, four championships, man, that trophy case, if they have one between her and Megan Rapino, is I was looking up all of <laughs> Sue Bird's accolades with two, you know, two championships at UConn, four gold medals. She's going to get five. I think it was five in Russia four in euro league like it's just titles on top of titles on top of titles yeah um, her and stewie by by the end well I mean, and that's the crazy thing nuts. that's the crazy thing stewie you know if when if birdie yeah. decides i think i think sue bird wants to play i know sue bird wants to play she wanted to play in this olympics so now it would be the 2001 olympics if for some reason that is called off and if for some reason like i don't know what the reason might be <laughs> If the 2021 now Tokyo Olympics is called, I think Sue Bird retires. 
but Stewie's Stewie is title golden for a long time. And I don't mean to, I, I, I don't want to take away anything from Sue Bird, but my gosh, this woman played with Lauren Jackson and now Brianna Stewart. Her, you talk about players who do nothing but win. Like Brianna Stewart and Maya Moore are the picture of players who do nothing but win. Yep. Um, Buddy Heald is not in that picture of of guys who just went. I'm sorry, that was mean. I couldn't think of a better segue. So I just want to get to the Buddy Heald story that Jason Jones wrote about, in which Luke Walton has attempted to uh, reach out to Buddy Heald uh, through this offseason, and Buddy's not returning his calls. And the first thing I saw when Alvin Gentry signed, I was like, I wonder if Alvin Gentry like tries to call him. And now that it's a story and it's out there in the public, knowing that Buddy Heald is out there, you know, passively, aggressively uh, attacking social media. And I may have passively, aggressively gone on social media in the past before. I'm not above that type of behavior. Uh, of course, I don't get paid $100 million either. But still, I wonder if Alvin Gentry uh, extends an olive branch to to Buddy Heald in, in attempts to. I feel like I ne- they so. need to repair their relationship. I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if anyone's going to be able to do it, right, it would be him. Yeah. I mean, at this point, <laughs> say what we want, but I, it's, I, I yeah, um, and you'd have to think Monty has. Monty's talked about talking with all these other players. I would assume that that's one, two, and we haven't heard. Again, we're never going to hear from Monty McNair again. <laughs> like we, We're never going to hear but, on, what is on Monty's mind. I mean, like he, Well, and this is my thing is in, in the press conference, he specifically referenced talking to Bogey and how. I didn't know that. I don't remember that. I remember him referencing And De'Aaron. Bogey was a big piece. He okay. said Bogey was a, a one of the key parts of of when we had success last season. Okay. And I I I don't want to be wrong, but I could swear that I heard him say that he had reached out and talked to him. Okay. And so I was like, huh. Okay, so that's two players. Um, and it, so- it it brought it brought to mind the LeBron James letter. You remember when LeBron told Sports Illustrated he was going home? And he made this, he was going back to Cleveland and there was this big list of teammates and Andrew Wiggins wasn't on that list. (laughs) It was like, he's looking forward to seeing everybody, man, there is a name that I feel like should be on this list. And so everybody was in on the gag. Everybody knew what was going on, but you know, conspiracy theorist, you look at Monty McNair's press conference and it's like, Oh, buggy bogey, unrestricted free agent or restricted free agent. Excuse me. Uh, De'Aaron. He was asked about Marvin, so he referenced Marvin. He didn't say anything about talking to him. I don't remember if Buddy Heald's name came up in the press conference at all. Someone asked. It did. And he said that, again, that he's one of the elite three-point shooters in the league and that he thinks that they can be successful because a lot of coming out of that, the talk was, oh, he talks so highly of Buddy, that must mean Bogey's gone. And I'm like, but he talked about Bogey too. Mm-hmm. Like he talked yeah. about both of them, which to me is what, like, I can see moves being made, but I still have a hard time believing that with the craziness of of knowing what salary cap, what it, what it isn't, yeah. that the, regardless, these are valuable pieces and assets that I wouldn't just get rid of 
just to get rid of. I would, I'd still match bogey if it's not, you know, crazy and right. bring him back. Cause he's still an asset. I mean, and, and two, we've seen two injuries crazy and all this stuff because you're not getting your normal, you know, preseasons and your normal off season workouts. And mm-hmm. I'd want as many able bodies as I could get regardless of, of cash at this point, you know, that you can have these guys there with you. You're new coming in, you have gentry coming in. If you really think that, you know, or say, I want to evaluate for this next year, then evaluate because I still do think that their value is not going to be bad by the end of the season. I truly don't believe to me that they're still better than a lot of other guys yeah. out there. Yeah. Aggressive and flexible, right? Aggressive and flexible. He doesn't, he doesn't have to be aggressive or flexible right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like we're in such a, we're in such a like immediate now, 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 now society that it could be very well. Yeah. Like, I don't mean this second. I mean, next year, I mean, over the course of my tenure with the Sacramento Kings, I want to be flexible and I want to be aggressive. It doesn't mean that he has to dump all of these salaries here. First day, you know, first month, first season out the gate. And I think he said it perfectly too. It's if something comes along that I think will better this team and makes perfect sense for us, you know, now and two, three moves later, I'll make the deal. But if not, then I'll remain flexible. It's in cash as well as flexible in saying, yes, no, what am I going to do? Like it's no one's off the table. No one's necessarily on the table. It's you're open, you're flexible. You're, um, cause I think we can take that to, to an extreme as flexible means he only wants to be flexible in cash or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it necessarily has to be that. I think it's being flexible. And I mean, you could manipulate, moves, not make moves, not, I mean, yeah, you can manipulate it. Yeah, You can manipulate it to mean whatever you inflexible. <gasps> He said he was flexible. That means he's not going to sign De'Aaron Fox to an extension. Like he's going to trade De'Aaron this season. Like it could mean whatever you want it to mean. Yeah. Yeah. It could mean whatever you want it to mean. Uh, Yeah. Anything we didn't touch on that you would like to touch on before we wrap up? You know, you said something that I completely forgot about. Harrison Barnes was with that Warriors team uh, Mm -hmm. that Alvin Gentry was on. So he has a relationship with, with, with a couple of guys on the roster. 40% from three. I mean, yeah. Look at the talent he had around him, but I mean, he put him in an offense where it worked hey, for him. It I worked. believe Buddy can shoot. Like, re- regardless of what you think about his social media behavior, uh, of, of yeah, yeah, right. You, he's. If they want to use Harrison that way, they have shooters who are capable of of giving him that space and allowing him to do it. Now, I'm not saying you know it's Clay and Steph. I'm saying it's not you know bottom feeders. Yeah, and and another thing too that. back to to gentry and um he mentioned and he was a proponent for analytics and that i believe shooting the three is better than shooting the long two and putting guys in high percentage situations said like spoke highly of what houston and maury were doing and people think it's crazy but um and then he would, this, how you always talk about pace. I think this is funny mm-hmm. too, is that he was part of that seven seconds or less Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Zach, they would have been 26th in pace last year. Right. That's yeah. how much the game has changed. Like yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. 
It was so revolutionary in the moment. Right. And this guy was a part of it, but you also hear him acknowledging I need to adapt. We need to adapt. I'm, I'm open to analytics. I'm open, you know, to the eye test and player development and every, everything that we keep saying we want. Um, these, these guys are speaking that. So it maybe for the first time in a while, everybody seems to be on the same page, whether we can get all the players on the same page or not, you know, remains to be seen, but you know, I think it's been a good couple days, knock on wood yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of, of this stuff. Um, I'm messing around we'll see and- how it plays out. But we need to go because I'm messing around and I'm going down a rabbit hole now and looking at teams. I was looking at that Phoenix Suns 2014 team. They had 48 wins and they missed the playoffs. 48 wins and missed (laughs) the playoffs. The year after Oklahoma City had 45 and they missed the playoffs. Oh, the brutal West. dude. The East next year, the top of the East next year is going to be that, spectacular. Yeah, absolutely spectacular. Uh, as is Joe Adge, as is this podcast. At least I hope you think that it is. If you think it's spectacular, uh, subscribe, rate, and review, particularly on Apple Podcasts. It goes a very, very, very long way on Apple Podcasts. If you want to check out the rest of the Be Heard podcast, uh, search Be Heard in your podcast platform. You'll see another King's podcast called J Street Vibes, hosted by. Uh, my partner, Kenny Caraway, and uh, Jason Jones, who we referenced just a few minutes ago. And, of course, you'll see the great Deuce and Mo podcast. You'll also see the Watching the Tape podcast hosted by Sanja Singh and Tim Maxwell. So check that out as well. Sean and Vaughn got a show that posts every week. If you want more Hoopball podcast, well, search Hoopball in your podcast platform. And make sure you're following Joe Adge on Twitter. She is at Joe Adge. I am at Damian Barling. We are done for the day. We'll be back next Wednesday with more Sacramento Kings talk here on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network.